0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Welcome back to the Champagne on Ice podcast presented by the Field of 68. College Hoops is officially underway. This is our first episode actually breaking down Real regular season college basketball games. Illinois played two of them this week, and we will get to all of that. Also, a massive matchup coming up on Tuesday night against Marquette. We'll get to all of it here on this show. I'm Kyle Tosk, joined, as always, by Mike Farmer. And, Mike, how has the first week of college basketball been treating you? Over under, like, ten hours spent procrastinating real responsibilities just watching basketball this week. Because, for me, I'm, I'm hitting the over on that.
2: Yeah, Kyle, I am. I'm over that number by a large margin, <laughs> just starting on Monday through Sunday or today. Every day I've been watching like a couple games a day. It's been so much fun. Uh, starting with that, Illinois won, of course, last Monday. Uh, Michigan State upset. Mar- I've watched Maryland a couple times, watched Michigan a couple times, all these Big Ten teams. It's been so much fun. And that Arizona Duke game on Friday was elite
1: yeah we finally got a decent slate on friday night i actually i think me and you were in the same boat illinois was playing oakland on friday at, at state farm center i stayed home watched it from here because i had some other hoops that i wanted to keep an eye on that night but uh yeah michigan state losing was i was that was surprising uh james madison comes in there and knocks off preseason number four who i was told uh, national title contender I I'd, I'd never really never really felt that way but we'll see what happens there with Tom Izzo's team one for 20 from three is uh is crazy yeah. but uh let's get into some Illini here they played two games nothing exciting they didn't get an Arizona or a Duke or a Tennessee like Wisconsin got but they got Eastern Illinois and they got Oakland we'll get into both those games in a little bit here but I want to start off the top with some news, some surprising news out of this basketball program that dropped on Monday after the game against Eastern Illinois. Brad Underwood announced that Sincere Harris is gonna redshirt. He is not going to play this year. He is gonna take a redshirt year, preserve three years of eligibility. Underwood said that it was his decision. He came to the staff, asked if he could do it. And uh, and that's what's taken place now. So a really surprising move there. He was a guy that was not going to be a starter, but he was going to be counted on in a similar role that he was last year. And he was really important last year to change in some games. You think back to UCLA, Texas, Northwestern, he came in and really elevated the team. And and now he's going to take a redshirt year. And obviously that uh, nowadays that sparks quite a few questions about what the future could hold, and and we can tackle that a little bit. But first, I just want to get your thoughts on on what went through your mind when you first heard this news and and what do you think it means?
2: Obviously, I was shocked right away hearing that news, like coming right after the Eastern Illinois game. I think most of the fan base noted that he didn't get in that game. Maybe he was suspended, maybe he was injured or something that Underwood didn't tell us about that. But then Underwood announces he's redshirting, And he's redshirting based on his own decision. It's not like the team is the assistant coaches or Brad is uh, putting it in his ear to redshirt this season because he's not ready. It's him doing it on his own, which is extremely interesting. And another thing that I'm not saying it's confusing me, but it's like Illinois doesn't really have a clear-cut point guard this year. As we've noted in our last couple podcasts, every Alana fan has talked about it this whole offseason. Sincere Harris is a point guard. He's not really a natural, like, playmaking, getting five assists a game point guard. But he could fill that role. But he opts the redshirt this year. Like, if we had, if we acquired Ray J. Dennis in the offseason, I think I'd understand it more. That would be a guy that would come in and probably play 30 minutes a game at that point guard position. But this year, you've got Ty Rogers, you've got Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn, you've got Moretti off the bench. Sincere Harris could have fit in that point guard rotation somewhere. But like we're saying, he opts to take the redshirt season, get a little stronger, get a uh, little better on the offensive side. So it's really interesting. We'll see if it works out in the long term. Obviously, we're going to have to wait a full year to see him in action again. Hopefully, got to obviously hope he doesn't decide to enter the transfer portal after the year. And I mean, see what happens in the transfer portal. Does Illinois go after another uh, starting point guard like they tried to last year? Do we add to the 2024 recruiting class? You never know. It's it's going to be really interesting to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the first question that pops up. It's just unavoidable nowadays when, when a decision like this happens. Your first thought is, well, is that because he wants to transfer? And I think it's a fair question because we just don't know at this point. I, I mean, at this point, he's going to remain on this roster uh, for the rest of the season. And uh, obviously, that bridge will be crossed in the off season, uh, and maybe it is just a situation where he truly does want to stay and wants to get stronger and be a big part of next year's team. But we just won't know that. Um, there'll be plenty of rumors that I'm sure come out all throughout the season about it. And, if, and like you said, it'll it'll depend on what happens next year. But yeah, I, I think it was it was definitely surprising because even though he wasn't going to be a starter, you know, like you mentioned, there were minutes to be had there in the backcourt, and he was a guy that proved he belonged last year as a freshman and, and could really help this team win games. And I think they're going to miss him a little bit uh, in terms of, you know, if there's a guard like a Boo Booey, Jameer Young, any of these other guys that come in here and start torching this Illinois team or maybe too quick for a guy like Ty Rogers to, to keep in front. Like Sincere Harris was an eraser last year to opposing point guards. And and so I think they're going to miss that and just the energy that he brought. Um, but, but I think, yeah, it's uh, – it's definitely surprising. It's not something I saw coming. It, it's it's definitely interesting that it was his decision because it's what it sounded like was that the coaching staff, Brad Underwood, really wanted him to play um, and, and even tried to convince him to, to maybe not do this. And and he wanted to preserve the three years eligibility. I think you kind of saw in the preseason Justin Harmon passed him in the rotation a little bit. don't really know what Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn he's at, obviously, we'll get to in a minute here. A great game against Eastern Illinois, also against Kansas and Oakland. Hasn't really done a whole lot. It it remained to be seen where he fell. Obviously, Rodgers is the guy they're rolling with in the starting lineup. So it did seem like he's probably a 10- to 15-minute guy if he played, and maybe that's just not what he envisioned after he made such an impact last year to kind of be in the same exact role where he played some games, didn't play as much other games. I can understand why a guy maybe, you know, especially – in this day of college basketball, we want to preserve that year of eligibility rather than, you know, waste it on eight minutes a game here and there. I, I understand it and hopefully he does end up sticking around and, and he definitely can use this this year to build a lot of strength and, and offensively he needs to take a big step forward for sure.
2: For sure. Also the red shirt, it presents possibly a challenge if somebody goes down with an injury, maybe I don't know what else could happen. Somebody transfers midseason. The backcourt depth, I don't want to say it's its lacking, but you've got Terrence Shannon, obviously, who's going to play 30, 35 minutes a game every night at the two position. The point guard spot, if somebody's hurt, if somebody leaves, they're suspended, who knows what it could be. Since you Harris redshirting, it's, it limits the depth for sure. Maybe bring in Moretti, plays a couple more minutes a game. Maybe, maybe Dre gibbs uh comes in into a starting role, who knows. But then also, um, I'm not sure if, many Illinois fans saw it. Jaden Shutt from Duke uh, was a four-star freshman last year he's going to be a sophomore at Duke this year he's opting to redshirt too so I was obviously like everybody I was shocked by, by the sincere Harris news but you could see more guys like highly touted guys that maybe aren't going to play a ton in a certain season like their sophomore season opting to get stronger opting to get more practice more reps and just coming back, back stronger for their junior season
1: yeah, I mean, maybe Jaden shoots a future Illinois transfer portal edition because uh, they went after him hard in the in the high school ranks. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. Yeah. But but yeah, no, your point of the depth taking a hit it definitely does because I, you know I think the front court depth, the wing depth, we we pretty much know what that is. The back court was kind of the big question mark heading into the season and still is, and we'll get to that um, from our takeaways from this first week, but. Yeah, I mean, if there is an injury, if there is something that happens, I mean, there was some off-court stuff that happened last year. You can't rule it out. Like, yeah, it's maybe Nicolo Moretti plays a little bit more than you thought. Maybe uh, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn really does get a, a uh, longer leash in terms of just trying to work through some things and develop out there um, with without Sincere Harris to come in, especially if he's you know struggling a little bit defensively making some freshman mistakes where you don't have that trusted defensive uh, anchor in sincere Harris to bring in and and maybe change the lineup a little bit so maybe you let him work through some things and and maybe it it lets the Ty Rogers situation have a little bit longer leash as well so It'll be interesting to see um, how much they feel his loss. I think it definitely is a loss. It's not a starter. It's not a guy that was going to be a heavy minute guy, but it's definitely somebody that, as we saw last year, was really important to Illinois making the NCAA tournament because a couple of the games that he helped them win were really important for him. So it'll be interesting to see this backcourt rotation without him and, and hopefully he does use this year and, and gets a lot better. And we'll cross the, uh, the other questions when they pop up later on, because I'm sure they will once again, um, all season long in terms of transferring and, and all that stuff, but. Uh,
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Optimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: We can leave it there for now, and we can talk about the real basketball that took place on the court. Two games this week, Eastern Illinois on Monday, Illinois wins that one 80-52. Oakland on Friday, Illinois wins that one 64-53. Both these games, especially early, were not pretty at all. I think coming off the Kansas game, we were curious if a lot of the things we saw in that game were going to carry over into the regular season. Obviously, it's you're not going to get up for Eastern Illinois and Oakland as much as you were the number one team in the country coming in there. I understand that, but it did look a lot like last year's team, especially on the offensive end for quite a bit of both of these games. There were definitely some concerns, some struggles on offense, uh, especially early on. I mean, Eastern Illinois led by nine early. Oakland had a, had a near double digit lead early on Friday. And, and Illinois, credit to them in the second half, they they found a way to obviously pull away in both these games. but. There were some struggles. There were some concerns that manifested themselves. What what stood out to you against in, or in these two games for Illinois? How concerned are you coming off the Kansas game that we see a lot of these concerns—ball handling, point guard play, three-point shooting, free throw shooting—really pop up here in the first week of the season?
2: Yeah, last uh, on our last pod last week, I pointed to a couple things I was looking forward to monitoring. Free throw shooting, three-point shooting, and just overall ball handling, uh, playmaking, who's getting assists, who's leading the offense. And I, it's it did not look great this week. Uh, pretty much sub-30% from the three-point line in uh, the two games against two lower-level teams. It's, it's not something to love. Uh, and then free throw shooting, right around 50%, which might be even more concerning, especially considering guys like Terrence Shannon are sitting around 50%. It's not Dane Danger and Ty Rogers that are going over twenty combined. So yeah, those thing, those two things, shooting, going to be a huge concern. Uh, were was a huge concern last year. Also, like we've been saying, we, you add a couple guys uh, in the transfer portal, uh, Harmon, Garrier, Domask, right around thirty five percent three point shooters. They've helped the team a little bit, but it's it's still it's it's not looking great in terms of an increase in three point shooting percentage like we wanted to see. And that's going to be a concern going into this Marquette game. Marquette's, their offense is what really, really leads their team. Their defense is a bit shaky, but it's still solid. But we're going to have to hit some threes. We're going to have to hit free throws in crunch time, uh, assuming the game is close, of course. And then in terms of ball handling, Ty Rogers as the point guard, it's, it's not been terrible by any means. But it's also, he's not... We've not seen him take a huge leap like we wanted to see. I he don't hasn't think really played it a ton. I mean, exactly. He hasn't
1: really played it a ton, so I don't even know if you can really consider him like their primary ball handler because he just seems like they've almost gone away from that strategy. At least to me, I didn't. I mean, he had the ball in his hands some, but yeah, I, I, he's not going out there being your every every possession ball handler. Like he's he's barely the point guard on this team. They're they're basically running. I mean, there's different guys
2: bringing the ball up. Yeah. And we're seeing a lot of Coleman, like not even high post. Coleman is like catching the ball at the three point line and pretty much running the, the offense, which is, it's interesting. I I can't say I expected to see that uh, a ton, but with Ty Rogers not really playing a ton at the point guard, like you're saying, or not really running the offense through him at least something to monitor. Uh, Terrence Shannon has been doing some stuff with the ball in his hands. Domask has been running the point guard a little. We saw Dre gibbs Lawhorn come into the Eastern Illinois game and, he was the spark that kind of started the stretch that won us the game. I think we still still probably would have won the game if he didn't have that spark. But he had 18 off the bench, hit some threes, which was nice, made some plays in transition. You see his athleticism. You see his shot-making abilities, which is really fun to see.
1: Yeah, no, Dre was fantastic against Eastern Illinois, and, and he just kind of showed that I think there's going to be quite a bit of ups and downs. I mean, we've already seen that he played great against – Ottawa in the exhibition, barely got on the floor against Kansas, great against Eastern Illinois, didn't really do much against Oakland. So you're already seeing kind of the ups and downs of what a freshman is, especially a freshman guard. But, uh, I mean, his, his top level is is pretty darn impressive and pretty fun to watch. I mean, yeah, he's he's as athletic a guard as maybe Brad Underwood's had. I mean, he's just – he can bounce. He, a couple of the blocks he's had have been incredible, and, and he just – He kind of got in a zone there when they put him in on Monday and he decided that he was going to take the game over. And for a freshman to have that kind of fearlessness and aggressiveness offensively, sometimes it can be a detriment. But when he's making shots and when he's playing that way, it can be really fun to watch. He's going to be a spark plug offensively. There's going to be plenty of times this year where Illinois and we saw it in both of these games where it's just stagnant offense and and the starters aren't getting it done. Um, I mean that was what happened on Monday the starters were horrible There just there was no offense being run settling for bad threes they shot one of 13 from three in the first 15 minutes of that game Coleman played really poorly Damask just wasn't really in a rhythm Terrence took a while to get going and they put Dre in there and he's just that offensive spark plug and he goes and gets you a couple baskets a couple buckets in a row uh, and can do it in flurries and that's that was encouraging to see I mean the talent is through the roof for him it, it's it's going to be a question as to how much he plays against these higher level teams because so far only sample size for that is he played three minutes against kansas i think he could be pretty important in this marquette game we'll tackle that game a little bit later on but yeah he was he was really impressive on monday and that was probably the standout performance of the week um in terms of both games combined was with Drake gibbs Longhorn on monday um, in terms of big picture wise yeah i mean they shot Illinois shot uh, 40, 14 for 48 from three, 29.2% this week. Uh, game one against Eastern Illinois, it felt like it was a lot of the same as last year where they weren't making shots, but they were settling for a ton of them. I mean, early on, mm-hmm. they were settling for a ton of threes. I, Give them credit on friday they only attempted 16 of them so they they attempted only half the they had only half the attempts they had on monday on friday shot four of 16 25 so it's same level of success um but but at least they were less reliant on that now oakland had that interesting zone that they played um kind of that one three one so illinois i think had found some success in the short corner with Gary and with rogers trying to work it inside but Um, I liked seeing them be less reliant because I think that's really the key to improving from three this year is just becoming less reliant on it. Like this team has athletes, this team has size across the floor. They should make their money inside and they should make their money with getting downhill, Terrence Shannon getting inside, Ty Rogers driving, using his physicality. That's when when Ty Rogers looks his best, it's when he's being aggressive, using his body to get inside Biggs with Dane Danger, is look pretty impressive. I mean, even Marcus Damask when he penetrates and has that little, you know, ten foot turnaround jumper is pretty lethal when he's making that shot. Like Illinois should be in the paint all the time. You just obviously you're going to have certain guys. Like I'm, I'm fine with Marcus Damask, Luke Goody, those guys taking open shots. Coleman uh, taking taking you know five six threes a game. Terrence Shannon when he's feeling it and when when he's in his zone, he can obviously make those shots. But I think the key is really just become less reliant on the three because that's you know brad underwood talked about it all off season we want to take less threes he he insists that this is a good shooting team i don't know if i agree with him but uh he said he, he has mentioned many times he wants to see them take less threes they took way too many threes i think they ranked top 60 in the country in percentage of shots that came from three last year that just has to go down and i think if it does and they focus more on the quality of shots they're getting, that's how they can be better. So I like seeing them become less reliant on that, even if the zone kind of forced them into it on Friday, but still a concern. I mean, it's just 29% from three through the first two games where they had some pretty good looks. It's just, I, I, I just don't, I don't think there's much hope for this team to become a good shooting team. They just need to play to their
2: strengths. You're totally right about like, uh where are these guys are best at like obviously somebody like luke goody's probably not going to do too much inside the arc uh sure. maybe mid-range game he's solid but he's a three-point specialist we know that that's one of like 10 guys but these other guys ty rogers obviously way better in the lane and maybe a little six to eight foot game dane dangers great inside the arc can't really do anything else um uh somebody like terrence shannon can get hot from three but he also has nights where he's just chucking it like five seconds into the shot clock. And it's like, what are we doing? Can we run some offense? At least try to run some offense. Coleman Hawkins kind of, uh, he's he, he can be different every night. Sometimes he's on fire from th- three like we've seen. Sometimes he's nice inside the arc. But then these other guys like Damask, he can do a bit of it all. But we've seen Garrier, he can hit some threes. He can also be bricking some threes. But he's nice when he's getting... Getting to the paint, rebounding, he's being physical inside. He's a big dude. He's experienced. Uh, he's just been a lot better inside the arc. These other guys, we haven't seen too much from Justin Harmon or Moretti. But, uh, I mean, it seems like Harmon's like a slasher. So these guys just – we can't can't keep settling for these threes, like five to ten seconds in the shot clock. We're really good in transition. We saw that a bit against Oakland. Like, some of the sparks were Terrence Shannon getting steals – Driving to the hoop and one dunk and one layup, whatever it is, we see Dre Gibbs Lawhorn versus uh, versus Eastern Illinois. I don't know if he got a steal, but he had something in transition. I think he had a nice dunk or layup, something like that. Like we just, it's not even like we're relying on the threes and the threes are winning us games. It's like we're relying on the threes and shooting twenty five a game just to like get through the game, just to get through a half court offense because it's kind of clear like without a set point guard that we have not had for the past two years. It's shaky every night. And the three-point uh, three shooting, it's kind of just like a get-out-of-jail-free card. On I don't know if you want to call it that, but it makes the offense easier. But we're just not hitting them at a uh, good enough rate at this point.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that was really the issue against Eastern Illinois early in that game was they got into half-court offense – wasn't really clear who they were trying to run things through. Terrence got stripped a couple times going to the basket. Coleman just didn't play well at all um, in that yeah. game. And uh, and I think it, it became a situation where they were down like 15-6, 13-6, and all of a sudden they think that they need to, you know, start settling for shots and just trying to get going offensively. And it just – I think we see, and we even saw it last year, and that's what made it so maddening, is this team's at their best, like you said when they're getting out in transition and also when they're just being really aggressive getting to the basket now I this team, free throw shooting is a big question, but there's certain guys that I want to live at the free throw line. Like Terrence Shannon, I know he shot it poorly from the foul line this year, but that's he's near 80% for his career from the free yeah. throw line. He should be taking 10 free throws a game. He should be forcing the issue in the paint, getting downhill, using his physicality, getting to the basket because he can't be stopped when he gets to his left hand. Quincy Guerrier has really impressed me in terms of what he's done. He's gotten to the free throw line a ton. Uh, this week and then also against Kansas. I think he had 10 free throw attempts um, and, and they were looking for him late in that uh, in that Oakland game. And, and we know that Ty Rodgers is at his best. He had a couple really nice plays there against Oakland where they kind of positioned him in the short corner. He receives a pass, goes up strong. Um, he can also drive to the bucket uh, with his right hand. So it's it's just a, a matter of this team needs to do what they do best. They need to design this offense around what these guys do best. And that's not shooting the three, um, except for certain guys. And I think that really comes down to, I want Marcus DeMass can take four or five threes a game. Luke Goody can try to get up four or five threes a game. Coleman and Terrence can combine for nine, ten threes threes a game. Everyone else, I mean, that's just I want to see it be more of 16 three-point attempts than 32 three-point attempts, which we saw Friday as opposed to Monday. And and I think even if they're not falling, you can have a little more success offensively when you do that. I do want to talk a little bit more about some individuals from these two games. Uh, Terrence Shannon, I thought he was pretty pretty good both games i don't he didn't go off in either game but i thought offensively there were certain spurts in each game where he kind of took over and went on a little run uh especially you think back to the eastern illinois game late first half early second half he looked like the guy that's like all right we need a run right now i'm gonna go get us four buckets in a row um and, and on uh you mentioned on friday he had a couple transition uh dunks off steals and he was he was a menace defensively on Friday. I mean, I think, talk about the the breakout offensive performer of the week being Drake gibbs Lawhorn Monday against Eastern Illinois. The, uh, the standout defensive performer, Terrence Shannon Friday against Oakland. I mean, he was just a menace defensively. He was chasing that one shooter on Oakland. I wish I remembered his name. I'll, I'll pull it up. But uh, that one shooter who had 18 three-point attempts in Oakland's game against Ohio State got six up against Illinois. Terrence Shannon refused to get screened, chased him all night long, would not let him get a shot up. Um, and I thought really Friday, I know it was against Oakland, but it's an Oakland team that had a lot of success offensively against Ohio State. It's a team that relies on the three and can really score it in bunches when they're hot. I thought Friday was a glimpse at what Illinois can be defensively. They were great from about the 10-minute mark of the first half on to the end of the game, especially in the second half. They were outstanding defensively, Uh, really locked Oakland down, really allowed their offense, even though it was a really tough night, pretty stagnant night offensively where they struggled. They were so good defensively that ultimately they scored enough and and went on a little run there to pull away in the game. But, man, that was – it was a heck of a defensive effort. Terrence Shannon led it uh, with the way that he was just – a menace out there. Ty Rogers was great defensively. I thought Coleman really had a nice defensive second half. And Gary, I mean he was really good offensively, but uh, I believe his name was Tommy Townsend. Is that who the the forward was on Oakland who was Townsend, torching yeah. torching Illinois. Uh he had nineteen points. Quincy Gary held him scoreless in the final eight minutes of the game. So that was encouraging. I think the most encouraging thing that I saw this week, plenty of offensive concerns. We can we can talk more about that, but the most encouraging thing I saw this week was the second half defensively against Oakland, where I thought Illinois was outstanding and really showed why I'm really high on what they can be defensively this year.
2: Yeah, we talk a lot about the offensive struggles, which I think it's warranted. Like, it's a huge part of the game, obviously. Um, but the defense, like, why can't our defense just be the thing that, that leads us to game uh, to winning games? I think if we see, like – Strong efforts on defense from Coleman Hawkins every night. I think we will get that. Uh, Now that Terrence Shannon is, I mean, he's been the lead guard, but now that he's maybe the lead defensive guard in the Illinois backcourt because Sincere Harris is not going to be there this year. If he's having a strong defensive effort every night, I think we're going to be a really solid defensive team like we've been the past couple of years, maybe top 20 in Ken Palm defensive efficiency. And I think that's going to lead us to winning some games, especially some of those Big Ten games that are maybe – Lower scoring, uh, a lot of fouls, stuff like that that we've seen for however long it's been. Um, and we saw that the three big lineup against Oakland late in the game. We saw Coleman Hawkins, Dane Danger, Quincy Garrier, I think, uh, under the eight minute mark, which was really interesting. I don't know if I want to see that too much of this season. I think that was just kind more of, shut of them down.
1: I think that was more of a zone counter based on what Oakland was doing. I don't necessarily want to see that out there against Marquette, but it was effective, and all those yeah. guys played really well.
2: I think the thing that helps is with Ty Rogers at point guard, it's just it's a given that our lineup is going to be pretty massive compared to other teams throughout the game, and that's a huge help. Like We've got pretty much five four-star athletes in there at all times, really long, really athletic, and it's going to be a nightmare for some teams in the Big Ten. And some teams in the non-conference schedule. I know Marquette has a really good offense. Tennessee is great all around. FAU is a really good team. They've got a solid offense, but I think they're smaller besides their center compared to most teams. So I think our length, our height, it's, it's going to be huge.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, let's see here. I got. I want to get everybody's name right here. Trey Townsend was the forward who Trey was having Townsend, a big yeah. game for Oakland. Thought Garrier did a heck of a job on him late. Uh, Jack Golke was the shooter who Terrence Shannon just – was glued to all, I mean, all game long. Brad Underwood said post game, it was one of the best individual defensive performances he's seen. Now we know Brad Underwood's Mr. (laughs) Hyperbole sometimes, but it was, I mean, I don't necessarily argue with that. That was phenomenal work by Terrence there. And I thought Ty was really good as well defensively. And it's just, yeah, if they can lock in like that, if they can be physical, if they if Terrence can be that locked in, and I thought Terrence is such a good defender. There's no reason he can't be an all league defender. I thought sometimes last year just the focus, the effort wasn't always there for him. If he can bring that level of effort uh, that you saw on Friday night all the time, like that, it's a guy that's gonna take a lot of guys, erase a lot of guys from games. And and yeah, you mentioned, I mean, just the size and length that this lineup can provide. I don't, I think there's better teams who play a bit of a different style could definitely exploit that three big lineup i don't necessarily think that's going to be a staple but in terms of the way oakland played i think that that ended up working uh, especially offensively they, illinois just wanted to pound it in the paint there and try to collapse that zone that oakland was playing and that ended up working especially with quincy garrier there late but um Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I, I was really encouraged defensively. I mean, even in Eastern Illinois, now that's a pretty awful team. And I thought early there were some breakdowns, but defensively, I think they held them to like 15 points in the last, you know, 15 minutes of the game. So um, pretty good defensive week overall. I I, I do think that's kind of what this team's going to be. I I mean, there's going to be some games where things are clicking offensively like they were against Kansas. Taryn Shannon's red hot, Coleman's making shots and, those seniors are really in a rhythm. Those are going to happen. I just, I think the majority of games for this team are going to be pretty ugly. I I think they're going to need to win some ugly games and they're going to need to do it with their defense. And I think that's really what the calling card of this group should and can be. Um, You already see it through a week of the season, top 15 in the country in defensive efficiency, 39th offensively. Um, I, I think that's really where this team is going to, is going to, uh, make their money this year is, is on the defensive side. And uh, I was encouraged by that against Oakland, but uh, yeah, it's a interesting week for sure. Never going to complain about two wins. Would have liked to see offensively a little bit more uh, certain guys like Marcus to two for 10 from three really just didn't do a whole lot. Justin Harmon at three points in 26 minutes this week, Ty Rogers, I thought played fine offensively against Oakland, but he just hit, they don't really have a point guard. I mean, they're just not even, they're not pretending to play with one. Ty Rogers had one assist um, in, in the two games combined this week. Coleman, they've run a lot through him still. It's just, well, that'll be interesting to see. Big test. We'll get to it here in a moment against Marquette, but I think the, the overall mood come out of this week is a little bit of concern for me. I, I, I can't wait to see how this team gets up and plays against Marquette. Um, that's the the second big time opponent we'll see this team face after Kansas. But definitely some concern coming off this week and just, I don't know. It just it, uh, For a lot of the week, it reminded me of a lot of the things that we complained about all of last season. And... Uh, not a whole lot of it got corrected, but obviously two games out of 31, plenty of time left, and uh, we'll get a big one this week.
2: For sure. I think if you watched college basketball this week, the Big Ten as a whole was dimly great outside <laughs> was of awful. a couple teams. Other than Purdue, so, it was terrible. It was actually miserable. Yeah, Maryland's one and two at this point. They were Yeah, I was, pretty I consensus was wrong top on that. Four team.
1: Hand up. Two weeks ago, I thought Maryland was finishing third in the Big Ten. If we redid our rankings, I'd maybe have them ninth or tenth.
2: <laughs> yeah, so obviously the Marquette game coming up, it's going to be a huge test. It's a bit worrying right now with how we look the past couple or the past week in these past two games. But for the Big Ten as a whole, we struggled at some points last year, but we had the talent. Like on the last day of the Big Ten, we were still fighting for a double bye. I think this team this year is more talented than last year. I'm not too worried about How we're going to fare in the Big Ten, I think we'll still be in that top four. I'd be pretty surprised if we're not. But if you look at the non-con, like we got Marquette coming up, if you want to look ahead to March Madness already, could it be concerning the shooting? Probably. But I think we're good for the Big Ten still.
1: Yeah, let's get into Marquette. Um, Let's get into this big game this week. This is a a huge one. It's probably the best team that Illinois is going to see in the non-conference, I guess. Yeah, honestly, you could argue Tennessee. Tennessee's really, really good. They've looked great so far. Um, But uh, this is a really good Marquette team. They're going to be number three in the latest AP poll that comes out on monday here after michigan state and duke lost so it's gonna be a top three team coming into state farm center a team that won the big east regular season last year won the big east tournament last year did lose to michigan state in the round of 32 but um just a really really good team that kind of came out of nowhere last year they were picked ninth in the big east preseason poll and end up winning sweeping both the regular season and conference championships for a really good big east and um, it was a younger team last year that brings almost everybody back, lost one uh, of their top nine minutes, guys, from last year, which was a, a big loss in Omax oh, Prosper, who's now in an NBA G League, uh, on an NBA G League team. but. Uh, this is a really good Marquette team, one that was that was good last year, one of the best offenses in all of college basketball left last year, led by a preseason All-American point guard in Tyler Kolek, who did actually leave their game on Friday against Ryder with an ankle injury. So I guess there might be a little bit of question on whether he plays Tuesday, but I would fully expect him to get out there. guess the question will be if he's 100%. But um, what do you make of this Marquette team? How do you feel about this matchup? Um, I know you've – you uh, have, have seen a lot of Marquette here over the last year. Um, really good team. What do you make of this matchup for Illinois?
2: Um, like you said, really good team all around. It starts with their point guard consensus uh, preseason All-American, Tyler Kolek. His ankle or his health might be a bit of a concern in this game. I'm not seeing too many uh, updates or reports on it. I'm sure he'll play. I'm sure he'll start uh, possibly a minutes restriction, though. I don't know. They've got some other big games coming up. But I'd be shocked if he didn't play. The but only thing brief... I've
1: seen, the only thing I've seen, sorry, on, on Friday uh, was that Shaka Smart said in postgame that Kollek told him, I'll be fine, um, which, yeah. um, you know, I, I think he's going to do everything he can to get out there. But um, yeah, he could be limited and that could be huge.
2: Yeah, but uh, Kollek, he can score the ball. He was top, I want to say top three or five in assists in the country last year per game. So he's just a facilitator, a playmaker. He's a good defender as well. And then at the two position, they've got uh, Cam Jones, who's having a breakout year already. He's uh, averaging 20 a game, I want to say. Uh, so he's – I don't know if Terrence is going to be on him. I would, I would assume Ty hey, Rogers well. would be on Kolek and then Shannon on uh, Cam Jones. So like we've been talking about uh, Terrence Shannon's defense, that is going to be uh, obviously an even tougher matchup than his Oakland matchup, which he did a great job against. So they're backcourt. Uh phenomenal. And then you move to their big man, Oso Igadaro. He's he's a big guy. It's gonna be a tough matchup for Coleman, no doubt. Uh Coleman and Dane and Quincy, whoever's on him. And then they're three in their four position. They've got Stevie Mitchell, they've got David Joplin, uh Ben Gold is their backup big man. They're just really talented all, all around. They've been playing together for a couple years now, super experienced. Uh we should be ready for a tough test in Champaign
1: yeah i think assuming colic is healthy in this one that's where you start with this team um yeah he's just the igniter for them one of the better playmakers in the country seven and a half assists a game last year is just really patient as full command of that offense uh, really good at penetrating inside collapsing the defense finding cutters finding shooters um and, and yeah i think the one thing that you, you wonder about in this game is, hey, can a guy like Ty Rogers, who's got a lot of length, a lot of physicality, um, much better athlete than Kolek, can he frustrate him defensively? Can he pressure him a little bit and, um, and frustrate him? I think that that'll be interesting to watch. Um, But yeah, you mentioned uh, Cam Jones, who is their leading scorer so far this year, has had performances of 23 and 20 points in their two games so far, has shot eight of 16 from three through their two games. So he's putting up eight of those a game. They run him off a ton of screens. He gets a ton of shots up. That's Terrence Shannon's music defensively, 100 percent. Terrence Shannon's going to be the guy chasing him around, trying to frustrate him. I feel pretty good about what that matchup could be for illinois i also think on the other end Terrence shannon is just much more physical than he is or really anyone if they want to put stevie mitchell who's probably their best perimeter defender at the guard spot he's only 6-3 a little bit smaller like Terrence should be able to force his way inside, get to the free throw line, get to the basket. I want to see him be really aggressive and try to use his physicality in this game against some smaller, less athletic Marquette guards, albeit some really good ones. Um, But, yeah, that's going to be his assignment defensively. I'd fully expect Ty Rogers is going to be on Kolick there, try to use that length to frustrate him and force the ball out of his hands a little bit. Terrence Shannon is going to be the guy chasing Jones around. Um, And then Iguodara, you mentioned, I mean, to me, he mirrors Coleman in a lot of ways. I think they're kind of similar players. Now, Iguodara doesn't shoot the three at all, but he is really just kind of a hub of that offense. You know, when it's not run through Kolek, a lot of times they'll run like some dribble handoffs from the high post through Igadaro. He'll—he's a playmaker. He averaged three point three assists a game last year. Uh, he can pass it, um, and and he's pretty versatile too. In that he can, you know, while he's not going to step out and stretch it and shoot it very much, he can kind of attack you off the dribble a little bit um, and get to the basket. So. That's going to be a matchup for Coleman for sure. I um, I think that's one of the key matchups of this game is Igadaro, Hawkins, both those guys, similar skill sets. Ball's gonna be in both those guys' hands pretty often. Both those guys are gonna create um from the center spot. It's really gonna be a matter of which one shows up, and you're gonna need a better Coleman Hawkins than you've gotten so far this week. Um, but yeah, it's just an experienced lineup. Four of the five starters are back. You insert Joplin for uh prosper which will be interesting prosper was i think losing him for them to me i think the biggest impact that that makes on their team is defensively i think they they were pretty bad defensively to start last season i want to say they were in like the 90s in defensive efficiency up until february of last year then the last month and a half of the season they really kind of turned it around and the igniter of that was prosper who's now gone for the nba probably their best overall defender it's kind of uh one of those situations where it's you know weakness against weakness where i think marquette can get exposed defensively but illinois is going to have to prove that they can expose anyone defensively with their offense and uh and that'll be an interesting thing to watch but illinois got to be good offensively because we know marquette's going to score i i kind of like how illinois matches up with them defensively but you're just not going to hold them down in the 50s in this game they're going to get their points Illinois needs to exploit them defensively, a team that lost its best defender this offseason.
2: Yeah, Marquette, I mean, even in the Big East last season, like late in the season, they had games in the 90s. Like, I was just looking at their schedule. 90 to 84 versus DePaul is insane uh, for a February game. They're a well-coached team. They played together last year. They play in the Big East, obviously. They're. Uh, it's going to be a great atmosphere in Champaign, but they're used to that. Uh, they got bounced early in the tournament last year to a Tom Izzo, Michigan State team, which wasn't super surprising considering Michi- uh, Marquette was pretty young last year. But they're going to be ready. Uh, Kolek, assuming he's, he's going to be probably 90% healthy, at least I would think, he's going to be playing a, a lot. Uh, it's going to be a really fun matchup. We're going to have to lock in on the defensive end, lock in on Kolek, uh, Cam Jones. Coleman's definitely going to have to do a lot more on offense uh, this game, I would say. his. Uh, He's been fine on defense uh, the past couple games for sure. It doesn't get noticed a whole lot because he's not, he's not racking in blocks or steals a ton. But he's, he's an anchor on the defensive end for Illinois.
1: Yeah, and, and on I offense
2: thought uh, – We're going to be running through him like you've been.
1: Yeah, I thought – it's just – For whatever reason in these first two games coleman just didn't really look like himself Uh, i didn't think he played very well i mean early early in both those games i mean former Illini jermaine hamlin bodied him to the bucket a couple times for eastern illinois like it's just uncharacteristic stuff did end up having a solid day i thought he played well in the second half against oakland ended up finishing with eight points eight rebounds five assists kind of your your classic coleman line there but just some careless turnovers. Didn't shoot the three um, well at all. Like he did did coming off the Kansas game. He's gotta be really good. Like in, in these big time games, he's gotta show up and be really good, really strong with the basketball. You'd love to see him, you know, stretch the floor a little bit, show that he can make a couple shots from the perimeter, pull a Godard away from the basket, because I think that's where you can really exploit this Marquette defense. If Illinois can open up driving lanes, pull a Godard away, get Terrence Shannon, Ty Rogers, Quincy Yerrier, downhill, get into the basket. Like Marquette has struggled at uh, at the rim defensively, uh, and that's really what, what hurt him last year. So that's kind of the matchup to me to watch. And uh, And Coleman, I just think he's got to be a lot better than he was this week. Well, for whatever reason, maybe it was a case that he just he didn't really get up for these opponents, um, which is a different discussion on its own. Right. But he's got to get up for this one be really good. Um, But uh, but yeah, you look at this game, I, I think one of the biggest keys for me is. Illinois has got to really protect the basketball because what Marquette tries to do defensively is they try to play a pretty aggressive trapping style of defense. That's kind of the shock of smart staple. He's going to try to turn you over. I'm sure he's licking his chops saying this team has no point guard. They have no clue who their primary ball handler is. We're going to trap them aggressively, really try to turn it over on them early, get out and transition try to bo- try to punch this team in the mouth early in this game get State Farm center quiet like that's I can see exactly what's coming from Marquette Illinois's got to figure out who they want bringing the basketball up Terrence Shannon's got to be really strong with the ball Ty rogers has got to be really strong with the ball Coleman's got to be an entry point for them um, and a good decision maker they just have to protect the ball early because if they do that I think that they can really exploit Marquette inside and, and score and keep up and make this a game offensively but If they're turning the basketball over five, six times in the first 10 minutes of the game, Marquette's getting easy transition buckets and and they're getting a lot of momentum with that trapping style of defense, like that's really where this game could get out of hand. Um, And so that's really one of my biggest keys is protect the basketball, figure out, you know, whatever it is, point guard wise, if you don't want a true point guard, if you want to give different guys the ball, whatever it may be, just figure it out. And these guys have to come to play and be really smart with the basketball in their
2: hands. Yeah, Marquette, they're physical, they're aggressive. They're going to turn us over. Hopefully we limit it. Like you're saying, they're going to get steals and they're going to run in transition. That's why they score so much. They're also pretty solid shooters. And it's funny you say all that because you look back to two years ago, definitely not an exact mirror of teams, but Illinois went to Marquette early in the season two years ago, and it was that Andre Curbelo turnover game, like you're saying. They got to us early, and they just they messed with Curbelo. I don't know how many turnovers turnovers he had, but it wasn't pretty.
1: Yeah, they played uh, that Havoc full-court so, press, that Shaka Smart Havoc full-court press there. Yeah. Curbelo and Trent Frazier were having nightmares late in that game. That was not fun. Now, they, they haven't done that as much in terms of full-court pressure here the last couple of yeah. years, but they're still going to be really aggressive. And, yeah, it's uh, – that Curbelo game two years ago, man, I uh, <laughs> I still sometimes have thoughts of that and just base palm. That was awful.
2: Yeah, we're, we're hoping for uh, something other than a repeat of that game. But yeah, like they're a well-coached team. They've played together for a couple of years now. It's it's going to be really, really fun to watch. I'm hoping the State Farm Center, the Orange Crush, can play a bit of a role in this game. Uh, it's going to be really fun to watch. I'm, I'm excited for it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be one of the top non-conference games that have come through Champaign in a long while here. The, the one that comes to mind, and we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, was Arizona a couple of years ago electric environment i know neither of us were there for that game but you could just feel it even through tv like electric electric environment when trent fraser went nuts arizona ended up winning that game but it's pretty rare i think most most of these high level non-conference games are usually neutral you know you do the home and homes occasionally but it's it's pretty rare to get a big time top three caliber team into your building and i think it's it's got the potential to be quite the atmosphere tuesday night i can't wait to be there um but uh but yeah this is uh this is going to be a really intriguing matchup a great opportunity for illinois to actually have a litmus test here in the regular season in a game that counts that kansas game will never go away but this is one that actually can go on the resume this is an opportunity to bring in a surefire quad one high level resume win to your building and take care of your home floor here. It's gonna be important for Illinois to do that. I think they should have an opportunity to win this game. I really do. If they can play their best version of basketball, if Terrence Shannon can show up and be that all American caliber player he was against Kansas, Coleman can really show up in this game. Your veterans can be really steady, especially with the ball in their hands. If they get trapped, Marquette's trying to turn them over, just really steady and strong with the basketball. Illinois, I think matches up decently with this team and, uh, and I'm excited to see how this plays out, but man, this is, this is what college basketball is all about, man. This is going to be fun.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I want to hear as we wrap up here, I want to hear a little prediction. You got a score prediction for us?
1: Hmm. Put me on the spot here. I, I haven't thought it through yet. Um, (laughs) I just, I, 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 think this is a game that's gonna come down to the wire. Really high level game. I just, from what I've seen here, the first two weeks from Illinois and some of the concerns that have played out shooting wise, offensively, I think you get down to a late game situation and you see this team that's shot 51% from the free throw line so far and has some questions in terms of a ball handler. I think that might cause some issues when they come down in crunch time against Marquette and how aggressive they are. I think Marquette's going to pull it out. I hate to say it. Hope I'm wrong. But if I had to give a prediction, give me give me Marquette seventy five, Illinois seventy.
2: Okay, I was thinking I was thinking high seventies that, that area as well. I, I want to be an optimist and say we're going to win. I, I was definitely higher uh, higher on the team a week ago. Yeah. After after these two games, it's – yeah. I mean, the shootings, it's been a concern, like we keep saying. I think we'll step up. It's a big game. I think the uh, Orange Crush will be involved. I think Brad will have the guys going. I'm going to say, like, high 70s, around 77, 74. I'm going to say we pull it out. Uh, Maybe some late-game heroics from somebody like Terrence Shannon or Coleman. I think think Dane could – I'm kind of high on Dane for this game. I don't know why, because Oso Agadaro, he's a solid big man. But I think Dane, he's due. Uh, he's had games last year where it's like he had games where he's sitting on the bench, like we keep saying, and he's playing 10 minutes a game. Or he's like he comes in early and he's that spark. I think he's going to be that spark. I think Brad sees – I think Brad's going to game plan on, like, getting it into the paint, getting it to Coleman, having Dane get going early, having somebody like Quincy Garrier maybe playing in the low post a little bit more than we've seen – and I think, like you're saying, we have a bit of an advantage in the post with Coleman and these guys compared to Oso and maybe David Joplin and their backup, uh, Ben Gold. I think it's going to be really fun to watch, and I think our front court is going to be what pulls it out.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point because the one thing that I failed to mention here that I wanted to was maybe one of the most glaring weaknesses from Marquette last year, rebounding. 312th in defensive yeah. rebounding nationally, 248th offensive rebounding. Illinois should crash it. I mean, Illinois needs to win the rebounding battle in this game. They're more than capable of doing that. You replace Prosper with David Joplin, who is a really below average rebounder for his size. That's a guy that's really struggled with that. And and I think Iguodaro, with a bigger, really physical post presence like Dane, that's where he can struggle a little bit, especially on the glass Illinois should have an opportunity to get some offensive rebounds, some second chance opportunities, but really just control the glass. This Marquette offense is so deadly. They're so good at moving without the basketball cutting, moving off ball. Like You need to limit them to one shot. Um, And I think Illinois should be in position to win the rebounding battle pretty convincingly here. And I think that Dane Danger will play a part in that. And I think that they are going to mix up the front court a little bit and give Marquette some different looks. But Uh, Yeah, you're definitely going to be the more popular host on this for picking Illinois, while I'm not in our biggest game of the year so far. That's unfortunate, but uh, excited about this game. Nonetheless, should be really fun. Um, Yeah, and then obviously later in the week, uh, not going to spend time breaking it down against Valparaiso on Friday, but Illinois does have a second game this week. It's not just one game. Uh, Believe it or not, they play Valpo on Friday. So there will be two more games to talk about for us next week. And and this one really is pretty much your only I mean, this is going to be the picture of who Illinois is until December, because Illinois does not play another top 100 team until December when they play at Rutgers, Florida, Atlantic, Tennessee in that week stretch in December. This is it for November. This is your high level game, really high level game. But this is kind of going to be the picture that's laid out nationally for what Illinois is. I don't think many people are going to remember that Kansas game that doesn't count. This is going to be the one. If Illinois comes out, plays really well, wins this game, you're going to have two, three weeks long a discussion of, you know, can this team compete in the Big Ten? If they lose, they come out flat. Marquette really scores at will on them. Then uh, that's really going to be what you have to try to overcome for a while until you get another crack at a top level team so this is important it's important for Illinois and obviously a big resume builder for them
2: yeah no doubt Uh, if you lose it's not the end of the world it's a top three top five team it's at home but you've got FAU Tennessee Mizzou you've got the whole big 10 slate a million quad one opportunities but this is one you definitely want to key in on you want to focus in you want to come out, play hard, and you just really want to see a win here?
1: You want to get it at home. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. You, you get this one at home. The rest of your non-con big games, on the road, neutral. This one's at home. I, I Marquette's the better team on paper, no question. They're going to be the favorite in the game. But if you're a top 20, top 15, like a, you're a national threat, you win this game at home. That's, that's what you do. You win this game at home. And I think, I think it will be a situation where – I think there's something to the fact that, yeah, listen, it's just different when you have such a high level opponent, a sold out building, a a student section and and an Orange Crush that's like actually into the game from the opening tip. They're not like sleepwalking early because Eastern Illinois is in town. Like it's just it's tough to create an environment around those games. This is different. There's no excuse to not come out strong in this one. Um, but that should, uh, should just about wrap things up for us. Any final thoughts as we head into this big week of hoops?
2: Just looking forward to it, looking forward to the Illinois games and the rest of the uh, national games, Big Ten included. It's The season's off to a bang already. I know some people were complaining about the lack of uh, lack of high-level matchups early in the season, but I don't really care. The Arizona-Duke Arizona game was just as fun as some other like lower-level games like MSU, James, Madison. Uh, just if you're a college basketball fan, you don't really care. It's all fun.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, they give you a real soft landing there the first couple nights where they, uh, yeah. it's, there's not much intrigue, but, you know, college basketball is college basketball. Now this week, obviously, Gavit Games and uh, Champions Classic Tuesday. Unfortunately, yeah. probably won't get to catch that live because we'll be at State Farm Center, but uh won't complain about that at all. Um, but that should just about wrap things up this week on the Champagne on Ice podcast. Make sure to drop a follow on our Twitter account, as always, at Champagne on Ice. Content comment there. We'll be dropping some live tweets all throughout that Marquette game. We'll be asking for some reactions from you guys all across the week on there. Make sure you drop a follow at Champagne on Ice. Subscribe here. Fuel the 68 Podcast Network YouTube channel. Uh, we are on Apple podcasts, megaphone, Google podcasts, wherever else you get your podcasts real close to getting on Spotify. I got somebody working on that right now for a lot of our, our shows here. A lot of our team pods here on the network. Uh, we're trying to get a lot of those on Spotify. So next week, I bet you we'll have it. Um, but that just about wraps it up for us. Enjoy this one on Tuesday night. Should be really, really fun. We'll be back here sometime within the next week to break it down for you. Have a great week, everyone.